But John 21, Jesus meets Peter and basically says, listen, I need you to do three things, okay? I need you to feed lambs, meaning those who are new believers. I need you to tend my body, meaning all of us that are trying to follow Jesus, tend them, teach them, lead them. And then I need you to feed sheep. And so Jesus is kind of defining two different categories. He's saying, listen, there are those who are new to the belief, those are new to their faith and I need them fed, and I need them taken care of. But then there's also sheep, those who are believers, and I need them taken care of also. But one of the things that we define at Elevate Church is we believe that lambs always become believers. We believe that healthy things grow. So no matter if you're a lamb on your way to becoming a believer in the faith, or you're a believer, we believe that healthy things really do grow. When you look at a healthy tree, it's going to grow. It's going to produce life. And so we believe as believers, as lambs, that we are on a journey to grow in the things of God and to become more and more like him. Okay, let me show you a picture. Um, How many of you remember this guy? Anybody in the house? Yeah? Uh, Optimus Prime, okay. Remember that, that song? Uh, Transformers, more than meets the eye. Transformers, robots in disguise. I remember when I was a kid. I mean, I was like mesmerized by this. Like, and I remember I was so mesmerized by a toy that was a car. But that could be something else. I mean, I grew up in the 80s, okay? Toys were not that cool in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, I look at the toys that my kids have now. I'm just like, wow. Man, God is really good in 2017 to our kids, you know? Like, I mean, I want to be a kid right now. But this was like the coolest toy when I was growing up. Because it becomes something else. Okay, And there was something more than just a car. I had a lot of cars growing up, and I would always be like, man, this car, you know, we can crash them and we can drive them around, but that's about it. And then Transformers came on the scene, and everything changed. So this morning, okay, look at your neighbor and say, we're going to have a little fun right now, okay? We're going to have a little fun. You need to take the edge off of life. You need to take the edge off of we're in church, I know, but we can laugh. We can have a good time. Because the reality is in life, there's lots of things that more than meets the eye in life. Like, for instance, uh, marriage. Okay, let's talk about uh, marriage for a second, okay? There is always more than meets the eye with marriage. And I love young people. I really do. I love students. I love all the young people in our church. I love that our church is infused with young people. And I love that when I'm watching young people, when they're in love, it's so special. You know, there's a skip in their step. You know, they're holding hands. They're looking at each other in the eye. You can feel the desire. You can feel the passion in their bodies. I'm like, man, I miss them days. You know what I mean? And and I love it. And I think it's fun because one one of the topics that, Uh, young guys, no matter if they were students in high school or young guys in college or young guys in their career, they always want to talk to me about sex, okay? Always, and I call it married sex, okay? And it's okay, we can talk about sex in church. I know everybody's like, holy crap, he just said sex in church, okay? It's okay, breathe, it's all right, Jesus is here, I promise you, okay? All right, it's all good because 
one of these things growing up in life, when I was growing up in church, sex was like one of these things that was like, man, that is for naughty things, and we're going to put it in a closet, and we're never, ever going to open that door. That is the undefiled. I mean, that is defiled, okay? We're not touching that. So I love talking to young guys about what I call married sex, okay? And if you're young in here and you're on your journey to find married sex, I applaud you. It is great someday. I promise you, okay? You will highly enjoy what we call married sex. It's a great, great thing, okay? I got to tell you, um, I don't think I've ever turned it down in 14 years. Might I add, I don't think I ever will turn it down in the next, you know, how many years of my life. I'll never forget, I'm an intern Okay, I'm just young. I'm probably, I don't know what, 19 years old, something like that. And I'm with one of our intern pastors named Sean Johnson. He's actually out in Colorado right now. He has an amazing church out in Red Rocks, and they're doing great. I remember I played some basketball with Sean uh, that night. We were in a basketball league. And uh, Sean was driving me back to my car, and I got back to my car, and me and him are kind of talking. He goes, man, I got to get going. I'm like, dude, it's really late. Like, like what do you got to get home to? He's like, man, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to trip and fall on my wife and wake her up because I want to have sex with her. And I was like, you can do that? That's amazing, Sean. That's so, I mean, I'm just this young intern, you know what I mean? I'm like, I, I'm, I'm excited about getting married someday, you know what I mean? I'm like, I can go out and play basketball with my friends all night and come home and trip on my wife and wake her up and do that? God is really good up in this world, you know what I mean? And that was my thought. Let me assure you, if you're young, you cannot do this. This is not work, okay? Sean was lying deeply to my soul, okay? But the thing I found out about marriage is that there is more than sex in marriage. Can I get an amen from all the married people up in this place today? There is much, much, much more than meets the eye when it comes to marriage. I remember I learned this hard when uh, we had Michael having kids. Again, there's a lot more than meets the eye of just having a child. Okay, I remember Jess told me that she was pregnant. I went into a coma for about two weeks. I have no idea what happened over those two weeks, and I finally came out, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is real. And so we had Michael, and I'll never forget, I took him. He was probably two years old. I took him to the office with me. It was a Saturday. I had to get some stuff done for youth group the next day on Sunday. And so I thought, I'm going to take him to the office with me. You know, like, he'll be good there. You know, it's like a long hallway. I'll put a bunch of toys out, and I'll just, you know, get in my office, and, you know, I'll do what I need to do, and he'll be okay. So I go to my office, and I remember like 20 minutes later, I was like, man, I haven't heard from Michael in a while, you know? Like, I haven't heard anything, you know what I mean? So I yell out one of those like, hey, Michael, you know? And he's two. Not like he's be like, hey, Dad, how you doing? You know, like everything's good on my end, you know? And so... I'm yelling, hey, Michael, hey, Michael. And then I go out into the hall, and I realize, man, there's a lot of toys, but there is no Michael at all. And so I frantically, for the next 45 minutes, I promise you, I was like, I'm, I'm just going to just, I'm going to end my life. I am, this is, I am not calling Jess and telling him I lost our two-year-old. I mean, this was a massive church. I am searching through this church, and I end up finding him 
outside, like in a play area at two years old. And I'm like just weeping. I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? And I learned really quickly. You can't leave children alone. God gave them legs. They'll walk away, you know? There's more than meets the eye when it comes to being a parent. But the truth is this. It's the same in our relationship with Jesus, with faith. There's more than meets the eye when it comes to living a life of faith. And I think that if I'm just being completely honest, in the church of 2017, we don't really want to address things. We don't really want to talk about things. We don't really want to bring things up because, you know, we want to love people. We want to be with them on their journey. And we want to make sure that, you know, we're always politically correct and we're saying everything perfect. And we know the wrong tweet doesn't go out and the wrong Facebook message doesn't go out. And so we're always on a hyper, you know, level of trying to figure out to say the right things. But the reality is that when it comes to following Jesus, sometimes there's more than meets the eye, and we have to be honest. And we have to be clear about who we are and where we're going and what Jesus desires for our life. So go with me, uh, if you've got a Bible, to the book of Genesis, okay, Genesis chapter 15. Um, if you don't know where Genesis is, we'll pray for you later, okay, all right, all right, we'll just have a little spot down here after service for you, okay? We're talking about Abraham. Okay, how many remember that song? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and there's the felt board, and there he is. You know what I mean? That was, I mean, that was, like, that was like me growing up. I'm like, look, it's Father Abraham. There he is right there, you know? I mean, I almost bought a felt board for this message today, I promise you. I went online. It was $100. I'm like, who's selling felt for $100? This is highway robbery, okay? <laughs> I want to know how I know that song, okay? Seriously, how do, I'm, I'm 37 years old. How do I remember that song? Probably because we sang it every weekend at church, okay? Oh, man, some bad memories just came to my soul, okay? Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. It says this, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abraham in a vision and said to him, don't be afraid, Abram. I will protect you. I'll reward you, uh, and I will reward you, and it will be great. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all of your blessings if I don't have a son? He's saying, listen, I have, God, you can bless me all you want, but what does it mean? If I have nobody to give this to, it really doesn't mean anything. Okay, verse 3 says this, I have given you, uh, you've given me no descendants of my own. So one of my servants will have to be my heir. Verse 4, the Lord says to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own, and he will be your heir. Verse 5, the Lord took Abraham outside and said, look into the sky, count the stars if you can. I like that, if you can. That's how many descendants you'll have. Verse 6, Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. What an awesome moment. God shows Abram, listen, I want to bless you. And, and, and I'm going to bless you in such a way 
that you aren't even going to be able to handle all the blessing. Isn't this just a picture of our God? He wants to bless you in such a way that you can't handle it all. And now you are a vessel that blessing flows through. And now I get to look at other people and go, you know what? I get to be a blessing to them. I get to share the goodness of God through my life into their life. This is always what God is trying to do. But then we jump into chapter 16. And we find Abraham in this place that we talked about last week where the disciples, Jesus said to them, hey, I need you to get into boat. I need you to go to the other side. They get to the middle of getting to the other side, and the storm arises, and there's chaos everywhere, and they think they're going to drown, and they think this is the end, and we're not going to make it to the other side. They find themselves in the middle of what God has spoken to them. You're going to the other side, okay? So in chapter 16, this is exactly where we find Abraham, in the middle of a promise, okay? And this is what God does. God comes and he speaks to us. God reveals a passage of scripture to us. God has a moment in worship. God has a moment in service where we feel the Lord speak to us and say, listen, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm with you. I didn't withhold my son. I put him on the cross. I bring you grace. I bring you righteousness. I bring you everything you need. And I'm going to bless your life. And I'm going to take care of you. And you're going to the other side. And in those moments, we are so excited. We are so pumped. We are like, man, God spoke to me in church, and we write it down in our phone, or we write it in our journal, or we have these moments, and we're like, man, God is for me. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what God has in store for my life. But then we get to a place where I call is the middle. And we're like, well, where is it? What happened, God? You still there? Because I, I, I don't feel you like I did that time when you spoke to me. Now, this is where we find Abraham, okay? Chapter 16, verse 1. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, uh, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar, Okay? A lot of times when we get to the middle of what God has promised us and we haven't seen what we feel like God promised to us, we start doing what? We start looking around at what we have. Oh, man, this did not work out the way I thought. What do I got? So Sarah goes, I can't have kids, but I got a servant, and I know she can have kids. So I, we got something. And so she goes to him, and verse 2, Sarah says to Abraham, the Lord has prevented me from having children, okay? Forgotten the promise. Go sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have a child through her. And this is how we know Abraham's a man, because he says, Abraham says, okay, sure, yeah. Oh, wow, that's that's sound bad. Ah, you said it. I didn't, you know. I mean, I guess we're gonna have to make that. I'm gonna have to take one for the Lord today, Sarah, you know. <laughs> you know, we know. <laughs> Verse four. Abraham has sex with uh, has sex with her, and she becomes pregnant. Verse 16 or 15. Hagar gave Abram a son 
And Abram named him, named him Ishmael. So what do we have going on? We have man going on. We have human nature happening right before us, okay? Because human nature freaks out in the middle. Human nature is looking around going, God, you have forgotten about me. God, you have forgotten what you promised me. God, I don't know if I can trust you now. I don't know if I can trust your word. And human nature starts to freak out, and we have huge trust issues with God's timing. God has a timing and a rhythm for everything under the sun. You know, um, uh, this morning, I was thinking about my son, Michael, who's 12. And um, the other day, Michael came downstairs and said, hey, Dad, can I uh, play you a song on the guitar? And I was like, yeah, sure, that'd be awesome. And he proceeded to play uh, Glory to Glory, correct? And um, it's a song that we do in worship. And he played it perfectly. And I'll never forget... I was in a church service in Colorado, and the Lord spoke so clearly to my heart. He said, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be a worship leader someday. And he's going to be the worship leader for your church. I remember I found Jess after that service, and she said, you won't believe what the Lord told me. I said, I know, you won't believe what the Lord told me. And the Lord told her the exact same thing as he told me. And, I mean, sure enough, it was, oh, man, it was three months later we were pregnant. And I was like, really, God, like this fast? Like, There's a lot of years when I was a youth pastor. And I was like, God, I don't, I don't understand how this is going to work. I know you spoke to me. But I don't understand how this is going to work. And the other day when he came downstairs, and he played that song, the Lord was just like, my timing's perfect. My timing's always perfect. But we get scared. And we go, God, where have you gone? Or we get fearful and we go, well, what if God's plan doesn't work? What if it doesn't pan out? What if it doesn't happen? And then we get fearful, and then we go from fearful, we go to anger, we go to this place where now we're yelling at God, God, you're not faithful, I'm frustrated, I'm, I'm so upset about this. Why did you ever even give me this promise? Why did you ever even speak to my heart to this place where we have no trust, no belief, and then we get to this place just like Sarah did where she goes, you know what, I'm going to make this happen out of my own selfishness. If God won't do it, I will. I will make this happen. See, I need you to understand something this morning, okay? The middle is necessary for the development of becoming a believer. It's a necessary thing, okay? I'll never forget years ago, um, a church came out with this song and they sang these lyrics, God, give me more faith. 
And I remember all the kids in my youth group wanted to do the song. And I said, there's no way that we are ever going to give do that song because it is not biblical in any way, standpoint at all. Faith comes by reading the word. Faith comes from being in the middle. Faith doesn't come because I sing about it. Faith comes because I find myself in the middle and I have to trust, is God good or not? And I can't make that up for you. I can't make your mind up. That's something you have to figure out, just like I've had to figure out in my own life. So we have these places in our lives as believers that we really, truly struggle with God. Like, for instance, money. Let's just be honest. Probably number two thing anybody ever talks to me about as a pastor Number one is, I hate my job. <laughs> Promise you, number one thing, okay? Number two thing is money. We struggle with this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 through 11, it says this. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? You've robbed me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering. Malachi goes on to say, bring the tithe and the offering into my house so that there is ample provision in my house. Okay? When there's ample provision in the house of God, the house of God can look at world missions and go, yes, we can take care of that. When there's ample provision in the house of God, we can look at the needs of the people in our church, our community, our area, and go, yes, we can take care of that. So God says, bring a tenth, the first tenth of everything you have into my house. And this is his promise. He goes on to say this, okay, that he will open up windows of heaven and pour out blessing beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> Let me say this. If you're not a tither, you're a sheep. You're not a sheep, you're a lamb on the way of becoming a sheep. Believers trust God. And it's okay. There was a long time that I was a lamb. Okay? But I was thankful that people challenged me to become a believer, to become a sheep. Because they knew that they knew that there was so much blessing for me. So much blessing. I remember uh, when we were young, um, I would always think to myself, when people would bless us, I would think, man, I can't wait to be that person someday to bless other people. And every time I think that, the Lord would go, well, you need to start by trusting me with the tithe. Trust me. Trust me. I'll, 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 take care, I'll take good care of you. And someday you'll have more than you'll know what to do with. Listen, I promise you, okay? I, listen, I, I'll make a deal with you. You tithe and it doesn't work, 
I will take you out to Ruth Chris Steakhouse and buy you a beautiful steak for you and all of your family. And you can sit there and you can cuss me out if you want to, okay? I, I promise you, okay? That is how confident I am that God will bless you when you bring the tithe into his house. He will open up heaven and you will have more than you ever thought you would ever have. But you got to become a believer. Got to trust God. What are other areas? Disappointment. This is where we find Sarah. She's disappointed. She's disappointed. God did not come through the way he said he was going to. Abram, here's my servant. Take my servant, sleep with her. We're going to make this happen. Okay? But the reality is this, when we are disappointed in life, when we're disappointed with God, it's hard to stand in faith. Right? It's really hard to be thankful. We come in, and it's time to worship, and we're like, come on, let's worship our great God. You're like, I'm so disappointed, you know? Things haven't worked out the way I thought. I'm still waiting on my promise, you know? A bunch of our young people are like, where's my man? Where's my woman, you know? Come on, God. It's hard to be thankful. It's hard to be in love with Jesus when you are disappointed because you're thinking, God, where is my promise? Where are you, Lord? Listen, disappointment will always cause you to do this, where you go, I don't know if God's good. Okay? Where did, where did this start? It started in the garden. Eve is questioning, is God good? Or is he trying to hold something back from me? Is he withholding something from my life? And because she questioned the goodness of God, the enemy got her. Disappointment. Okay? But I love what happens in Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, can I just be honest with you? Like, if I'm not playing golf on a, like, premium golf course when I'm 99 years old, I pray to God I am not here at 99 years old, okay, to be honest. Like, if, now, if I'm on a golf course every day at 99 years old, driving around the golf course, hitting things because I can't see much, hey, I'm good, okay? All right, I promise you, all right? Abraham's 99 years old. The Lord appears to him again and says, I am El Shaddai. God Almighty, serve me faithful and live a blameless life. Verse 2, okay? I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. What is God doing? He's coming right back with the same promise. It's the same promise. It's just like 25 years later. Same promise. Verse 3, at this point, Abram fell face to the ground and God said to them, this is my covenant with you. I will make you a father, a multitude of nations. You, you know what I love about God is this, okay? Welcome to the God of second chances. Welcome to who our God is. Oh, my gosh, I love that. I love that just because we fail doesn't mean that God is done with us, Okay? That is a lie from the pit of hell, okay? 
Yes, I fail, and I fail a lot, but I am thankful that I serve a gracious, good, merciful, kind God that still desires to get his goodness and his grace to me. And this is the God of the Old Testament. This isn't even the God of the New Testament. This isn't even under Jesus. This is the God of the Old Testament going, I'm bringing grace and my grace is going to abound and I'm going to show you, Abraham, that I am faithful. Even when you're not faithful, I am so faithful. I got you. My promises will not be destroyed. God's saying, I am bigger than your failure. But here's the deal. Believers recognize when God brings grace. Right? Believers recognize and go, okay, this is God in his mercy and his grace showing up again, doubling down to show me his goodness. And then believers, what they do is they go, okay, I'm going to take that grace, and that grace is going to empower me to live victoriously. Okay? Yes, grace covers a multitude of sins. Yes, grace covers my junk. Yes, grace covers my past. But grace empowers me to look and to be like Jesus. To trust him. Worship team, you guys can come on up. I'm going to end with this. 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verse 8 says this. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins, okay? I love that we don't ever, we don't ever say this. We don't ever say the God of Abraham, Ishmael, and Jacob. We don't say that. What do we say? We say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know what God's love does in his grace and his forgiveness? It's like it wipes it away. It's like it doesn't even exist. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that when I stand on this stage, my past doesn't determine if I'm able to speak into your life. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that when I stand on this stage, my mistakes from this last six days doesn't hold me back from sharing the word of God. The Bible says this, that he takes our sin, our failures, our mistakes, and he throws them to the forest, to the east, and to the west. He talks about this when you look at the nature and the character of God. When it says that God doesn't remember our failures. Listen, when God's love shows up and his grace shows up, it's there to eliminate our failures and to highlight our successes. And that's what God wants to do in your life. But as believers, we have to trust Him. Believers, we gotta stand in faith. As believers, we gotta trust that God is good. Even when I'm in the middle, 
As a believer, there's more that meets the eye than just saying, I believe in God. Yeah, there's a lot of people that believe in God. But we need people that are going to stand up and go, you know what? I'm going to live this out. Listen, the people at your job, they need to see people who will live it out. The people that are in your family that don't know Jesus, they need to see you live it out. They need to see something different in your life that would cause them to go, you know what? Yes, they have something that I don't possess and I want what they have. I need what they have. They have a joy, they have a peace, they have a grace. They have, they have something that I don't possess. Amen? Why don't you stand with me this morning? I just want you to close your eyes this morning. I just want the Holy Spirit to help search your heart. You know, sometimes asking God questions is really important in our faith. Asking the Lord, Lord, reveal to me, reveal to me where I'm not trusting you right now. faithfully follow you, Lord. I want to faithfully be a believer. I want to faithfully show others your goodness. Father, help me to see. Highlight to me, God, that I would know areas of my life that I need to become a believer. I need to trust you, Father. Faith and go, you know what? I'm standing in faith. 
I'm going to make it to the other side because God said. Abraham was going to have a son because God said he was going to have a son. He never needed the servant girl. He just needed to trust God. Amen? Come on, let's sing this out today.